0: Heavenly Father, thanks for all that you've done for us and do for us. The list is endless. Help us to throw off all that hinders and run after the goal you've laid out for us in Jesus. Father, please help me speak your words despite my weakness. In your name we pray. Amen. So it's clear if you just start reading from verse 12 that we've missed something. Paul says, Not that I've already attained all this, or I've already been made perfect. And so context is key, as they always say, not just in social media posts and quotes, but also for our passage today. Paul started wrapping up his letter from chapter 3, verse 1, up to 4, verse 1, where it finishes, Stand firm. And that's what this whole section's about. Granted, that there's a few things at the end, some, you know, uh, work out your arguments and goodbyes and all that kind of thing, but this is what he wants to leave the Philippians with. And verses 10 and 11, just above the heading, show us the goal of life. In verse 10, to know Christ, and in verse 11, to somehow attain to the resurrection of the dead. And that's what today's passage is all about. Pushing on to this goal, pressing on to the prize. Pressing on is the key to knowing Christ and to obtaining resurrection. Pressing on means straining. Pressing on means forgetting what is behind. Pressing on means we don't go backwards. Put in the effort, make a lifelong commitment, mature. So point one, or one point one. Pressing on is the key to knowing Christ and obtaining resurrection. To know Christ, we must press on and put in effort. And as we put in effort, it's rewarded by knowing Christ more. And as we know Christ more, it makes us want to press on more. It's a beautiful cycle. So what is knowing Christ? Knowing Christ means we know him not once, but better and better and better, As we see in verses 10 and 11, it means getting to know Jesus in his sufferings. Suffering for Jesus means we know him better as we identify with him and we participate with him. In chapter 2, we saw it was about being humble, about being obedient. And as it keeps coming up in this letter, knowing Jesus, knowing Christ is knowing joy and having a life filled with joy. This letter is filled with Paul going on and on about the joy he has. Not because of his circumstance, because he's locked in a prison, which isn't the greatest circumstance really, is it? But because of his salvation and knowing that the gospel is going forwards. To know a person takes time and it's intimate. It takes forever, really. No matter how well you know someone or how long, there's always more to know. Uh, For me, I have a mate, Jackson, and I've known, not that Jackson, I've known him for a while, and only in the last few months we've realised that we both love cooking. We both have this great passion for cooking. And it's been a joy (coughs) to discover that we both have this shared passion for cooking. The infinite depth of our God is a joy to discover and keep discovering more and more about daily. Our God is so big. His plans are so massive. And he is so much more kind and loving and compassionate than we could ever understand. So how do we know Christ? Through his word as we get to know him better and better. Through suffering with him. By being humble like him. And having a life filled with joy because of him. We need to run after him to press on to know Christ more and more, to somehow, as Paul says in verse 11, to attain the resurrection from the dead. Pressing on means straining. And I really did try to think of another word, uh, something that might be a bit more punchy. Uh, but whatever word I thought of, whether it was effort or giving it a go, it just lost the importance of keeping on going even when it hurts. This straining is kind of like the boot camp mentality, uh, where the person in charge might say, do 50 push-ups, and you do 50 push-ups, and your reward is 50 more (laughs) push-ups. This passage should destroy our comfort and our contentedness with staying stationary in our walk with God. Paul and I, though, we don't want to leave you in guilt, the call here is more like a rally, to join in running the race together. And it's certainly challenged me as I've looked at this passage over the last few weeks. Am I consistently and constantly straining for God, getting to know him more? Paul is about 60 years old, and he shows in, in the passage we looked at last week just how much he strained and strived for God How zealous he was as a Jew. And now he's, for the other half of his life, he's been a Christian. He's been shipwrecked, beaten, mocked, scorned, imprisoned. His friends have disowned him. He's an apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ who appeared to him on the road to Damascus. A man who's had his life turned upside down by Jesus. And yet he still writes, verse 12, Not that I've already obtained all this, I've already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. He strains to know Christ more and more, and somehow attain the prize of resurrection at the end. Friends, how should we press on? Straining, effort, sacrificially and with our lives. As Jesus says, take up your cross and follow me. Paul doesn't say, if you feel like it, or if you've got a bit of free time, maybe you could, or if you wouldn't mind just helping out. He says, I press on to take hold. I don't consider that I've taken hold of it yet. One thing I do, forgetting what is behind, straining towards what is ahead, I press on. Paul knows that how we press on to the goal shows our hearts. And God wants our hearts more than anything. For all of us, though, this might differ depending on what our life circumstances are like. You might be going really well, or life might not be going so well. If you're going well, physically, emotionally, spiritually, kick goals. Read God's word, serve at church, open your home, love God's family. For you, though, things might not be going as well. Life might be kind of tough, physically, mentally, emotionally or spiritually. Do what Paul says in verse 12. Take hold of Jesus as he takes hold of you and strain to know him more and more as best you can in your circumstance and with all that you've got. We should do these things not because of religiosity or pietism or obligation, but out of the thankfulness and the joy for all that God's done for us and purchased for us in his son Jesus. From our hearts, we should press on to know our king more and more and more, to finish the race and win the prize. to take hold for that which Christ Jesus took hold of for me, for us. Christ has taken hold of us. It's like when parents cross the road with their kids uh, and the kid thinks that they're grabbing their parent's hand, but what's really happening is the parent is grabbing their kid's hand. They're making sure that their kids make safe passage across the road, even if there is a pedestrian crossing. He's making sure, Jesus is making sure, that we'll make it to the finish. We'll make it to the resurrection of the dead. And so our role in that is that we press on. Because Jesus has made us his own. He's taken hold of us to get us there. The one who created everything from amoeba all the way to solar systems. This Jesus has taken hold of us. That's why we press on. Because we have assurance he's taking us there. As we see in verse 13, it's the one thing we do. The one thing we do, Paul says, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenwards in Christ Jesus. This means we should not be paralyzed. By our mistakes, it also doesn't mean that we are fixated on how good we were yesterday, the glory days of Christianity, or thinking we've somehow arrived. The one thing we do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, we press on towards the goal. Not distracted, not deterred. Out of everything you could do, this is the one thing we should do means forgetting our old lifestyle and looking ahead to the future, to know Jesus more and to the, the finish line, which is eternal life. Uh, for me, it reminded me in Genesis where God is saving Lot and his family. And they're told, run, run, don't look back. But what, is, what's, what does Lot's wife do? She looks back. She hesitates. And she's turned to a pillar of salt. Forgetting what is behind, or going on around us, or trying to influence us, we strain toward what is ahead. We press on toward the goal, to know Christ and toward eternal life. So pressing on means knowing Christ and obtaining resurrection. Pressing on means straining. Pressing on means forgetting what is behind and pressing on means we don't go backwards live up to what you have attained it's what paul says in verse 16 it means we don't go backwards uh i thought of a pretty strange story to to explain this one because paul's point is if you're not going forwards you're going backwards so if you're stationary you're actually going backwards And uh, there was a time for me when I was on a train, coming home from Sydney, late from a concert, and uh, the train stopped at a station that I didn't really want to stop at for as long as we did, and we're waiting. Because on a train, right, you've got this clear goal, and there's a schedule of when you're meant to get to certain places. And you're excited because you want to get home, and the train's a bit smelly, let's be honest, and there's some strange people that late at night. So we're stuck at this station and over the announcement comes on, someone has been sick all over one of the carriages. Now, the longer we sit there, the longer we are behind the goal, we're behind the schedule of where we should be, we're going backwards. The longer we sit there, the longer we're behind the goal. It's the same for us in our Christianity. To attain the goal of knowing Jesus, we don't go backwards. We don't stay still. We press on by straining, by forgetting, and by by not looking backwards, to win the prize. Paul then gives us, kind of in this second second section from verse 17 onwards, two examples of how we might do this. The first one we'll look at is in verses 18 and 19. These people claim to be Christians, but they are lazy, apathetic, worldly, comfortable Christians. They're focused, as we see in verse 19, on earthly things. They live as enemies, and their destiny is destruction. They've changed little of their lifestyle to conform to the gospel. They certainly do not strain, strive, or press on. This is not the way to stand firm. This is not the way to know Jesus. This is not the way to attain resurrection. Instead, Paul says verse 17, "Follow me." Paul is awesome not because he's perfect. Paul's awesome because in all that he does, he does it for Jesus. With all that he has. He runs after God, and he says, "Do do that with me. Even as I fail, even as I stumble, Do that with me. And it reminds me of the great words in Hebrews 12. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Paul says in verse 17 as well, take note of those who live according to the pattern we gave you, or you might have keep your eyes on those who live as we do. So we should look to others around us who are living like this. People who have right hearts, who are humble and obedient, who have lives filled with joy. There are clearly some here in our church, and we have those people in our lives as well. Those who are examples and models for us as we go on in godliness and in life. Uh, Don Carson says, many elements of discipleship are more easily caught than taught so don't choose verse 18 and 19 people instead choose verse 17 people inevitably though whether we like it or not we will be examples ourselves so let's use this to our advantage let's invite others to join us on our journey to get to know jesus better whether for the first time Or growing brothers and sisters up as mature Christians. Let's be like Paul. Because there's an eternal reality that Paul talks about that is true. In verse 19 we see it's either destruction or verse 20, heaven. And new bodies promised in verse 21. Our citizenship is heaven. Let's wait for our saviour by waiting as Paul says. Which is by running. By pressing on and looking forward to our great resurrection bodies, the eternal prize. By following godly examples and being them ourselves. Stand firm as Christians, taking hold of Jesus who takes hold of us as we await the words of Isaiah 65. Behold, I will create new heavens and a new earth. The former things will not be remembered, nor will they come to mind. But be glad and rejoice forever in what I will create. For I will create Jerusalem to be a delight and its people a joy. I will rejoice over Jerusalem and take delight in my people. The sound of weeping and of crying will be heard in it no more. Friends, let's look towards this goal of heaven. Let's press on to know Jesus and obtain resurrection by straining, by forgetting what is behind and not looking back. Let's follow godly examples to know Christ and finish the race and win the prize of our faith, which is eternal life. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thanks for your word. Thanks that in it we can know you and know you more and more and more. We pray we would press on to know you, not just once, but continuously for our whole lives, to push on and press on towards the goal, and follow examples as well to show us how, to finish the race and win the prize. In your name we pray, amen. Amen.